Look out, Becky. Look out, Jimmy. Run, 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 Iguana, run, help, look out. You've seen them in the trees. You can feel their eyes watching you. Iguanas, iguanas infest the entire southeastern United States. They can grow to the size of an alligator and are a menace to children, pets, and small adult human beings. There's no need to take matters into your own hands or to continue running from the car door to your front door in an attempt to evade their gaze. Your friends at Weekly Webcomic Is This Tomorrow have a solution. Is This Tomorrow has purchased a fleet of trucks and has hired a staff of ninja iguana assassins. For a small fee, the Ninja Iguana Assassin Squad will come to your property and eradicate the Galapagos Island pests. The Is This Tomorrow team will climb high into the trees on your property and, using sawed-off shotguns, will blow these godforsaken pests to smithereens. At the conclusion of your appointment, you will be presented with a wheelbarrow full of iguana parts and a pamphlet entitled Kentucky Fried Chicken of the Trees. What Colonel Sanders never wanted you to know about the consumption of iguana. Stop living in fear. The Is This Tomorrow Iguana Assassin Squad will come to your home for a small fee and eradicate these terrifying pests. Sign up for our service at isthistomorrow.com. That's isthistomorrow.com. Is This Tomorrow is a weekly web comic since some juicy tidbits up front. Welcome, welcome everyone to another episode of That Record Got Me High. This is another That Record Got Me High live at Laser Wolf. Let's hear it everyone for Laser Wolf. Woo! Oh, I, I forgot to jump. Let's try that again. Clap some more. Clap now. <laughs> let's hear it for Laser Wolf. Hey, we go. Live at Laser Wolf and let's hear it for our awesome host, Mr. Chris Bellis, everyone. Woo! Give it up for Chris. He invites us into his beer kitchen every week. That's right. Not every week. Once a month we do it. God, could you imagine if we did this every week here? <laughs> well, it would be a bit much. Uh, once again, that is Barry Stock. That's Rob Elba. And that's the bright line. And that's the bright line. Right on right cue. Right on cue. All right. Now. Oh, let's turn that down. Let's listen to that. All right. So we have a special guest tonight, Barry. Who is our guest? Tony Landa. Let's hear it, Tony. Hey. Let's hear it for Tony Landa. Everybody. Tony Landa. Welcome, Tony. Tony, what's your claim to fame? Yeah, who are you? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I play in Humbert. Played in another band, I don't know before that, which was basically the same people. Yeah. And I do uh, Dig Under Rock blog. 
Dick Under Rock. That's, uh, that's right. And Humbert, you just you, you, you just throw off you playing Humbert, but Humbert is a... Uh, beloved, a beloved local institution. Local South, South, yeah, a South Florida, Miami institution. And Tony Landa is a beloved institution yourself. You are... I, I don't know... I can't think of one person that would say anything bad about you. I could think of... Off the top of my head, I could think of... So if you're listening, if you're listening to this stuff. podcast and you do have something bad to say about Tony Landa, <laughs> trgmh33 at gmail.com. Let us know. Right. Let us know. Uh, give us some dirt we'll on it. We'll talk about it next there week. There might be after this. Nah. I doubt it. All right. So you're, you're, what, what are we doing? What, what record and band did you bring for us to talk about? Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden. Fantastic. Yes. And you are you're a huge. Well, I've always known you to be a huge Iron Maiden fan, but like, were you? A, but you've gotten bigger over the years. <laughs> There's an awesome picture you posted, uh, which actually I'll share on the uh, on our Facebook that record on the I Facebook of you with Eddie, uh, yeah. the Iron Maiden mascot Eddie, and you've got long hair, yeah. and you're wearing a backwards baseball cap, <laughs> and a and a vintage Red Hot Chili Pepper shirt. It was shirt. like 1990. Yeah, that was okay. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's all no harm, no foul. I don't wear backward baseball caps or red hot chili pepper shirts anymore. Yeah. anymore. No, you no. don't. No. You could still pull. I feel like you could still pull off the I'm backward baseball, baseball cap. Not the not no. the show. <laughs> that was an L.A. Rams cap, by the way. Oh, ah, okay. Ah, trivia. Before that was cool. All right, so Iron Maiden formed in uh, Leighton, East London, in 1975 on Christmas oh, really? Day in 1975. That's 75. Wow. Yeah, right. Um, way and, back, and way oddly back, enough, like you know, the devil worshiping band was formed on Christmas Day. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get, we'll get into that. that. They yeah, there. the um, devil worshiping aspect. Okay, air so quotes. This record we're talking about is their third studio album and was released in March 1982. Yeah, yes. and this is the first one to feature the vocalist Bruce Dickinson, which is the most known one. But I, oh, totally. In, in reading about them, Iron Maiden's been through tons of members. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Yes, a lot of members before Steve, they got it. Steve Harris is the only member that's been from the beginning and is still the member. Basis yes. is Steve Harris. Dave Murray has played on every record, but before right. they got signed, they had a bunch of different records. Right. So the um, I didn't really investigate the pre-number um, of the Beast Maiden, but the... Uh, I mean, Bruce is just so... I mean, he's one of the great heavy metal singers of all time. I mean, that yeah. voice is just a perfect... He's not forcing it. He's not faking it. He's just got that, like, operatic but yeah, believable operatic, thing. Right, he's got it. And, uh, yeah. And, and he d- still has it. Yeah. And we were talk- We talked about Dio a little bit on the way up here, because there's some, uh, you you know, Dio has that same kind of thing. Similarities. Except that he's a two feet shorter. And, <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, Bruce Dickinson was pretty short. He is pretty short, is yeah. Short. Dio was really short. Uh, Tony Landa, you were Dio huge. could walk under this table without his head touching. Tony, you're a huge <laughs> Dio fan also, right? Yes, I am. Yes. The late just, Ronnie James Dio. Oh, the late great. Yeah, you have a giant tattoo of him on your back, don't you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> really? No, I didn't think so. Um, so uh, I am first, not a crook. All right, so Barry, you weren't for. Actually, I knew where I was going. Where I got that from? Roger Stone has a giant Nixon tattoo on his back. Oh, he does. That's right, and that, yeah, is, that is for real. That's that is a real. For real. Yeah. So when? So Tony, were you into them before Bruce Dickinson, or did you like no. sort of discover them uh, no, for this I, record? Um, I got my first summer job with my dad. The first paycheck that I got. I was like, what do I do with all this money? I was like, you know, punk kid. I was like 12 or 13, and 
I went to the record store. For some reason, I only bought what, like one album, and it was between Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast, because of the cover, and because you know kids like started wearing the shirts, and I was like, this shit looks cool. It was some for some reason it was between that and the Rolling Stones. The live album that was out at the time, and you made a good choice. You made a good choice, of course. Because <laughs> I bought the live album, and it's not the still, greatest still library. Life, right? <laughs> no. Uh, oh, maybe still life. The one I got like was the double album that came out in the seventies. The one, no, love you live. Not uh, it was the one du- from Elton. Yeah, it was terrible. Oh, so but that was a good choice for you. So how old were you then? Yeah, you said you were. I was about twelve or thirteen. Uh, okay. Yeah. So that covered. Now, what did you? Let me ask you. What did your mom say when she brought when yeah. you brought no, that they, record? Home? No. She didn't know that I had that record. And <laughs> yeah, for, because for she couldn't. <laughs> for a while, for a while, I kind of felt bad about it. Or did you she know? say like it was Anthony? Would kind of did they call no, you? No, just Tony. Tony? Okay, yeah. it's Antonio, but they never called Antonio. me Antonio. Really? That's a. That, my name is Antonio, but my parents never ever called me anything other than. Tony. That's all I'm going to call you from now on. <laughs> Antonio Landa, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so the cover we should of say for Umberto. Those, for those who don't know is a painting by Derek Riggs, who apparently did like all their artwork in the yeah. '80s and the early '90s, and it's got their mascot Eddie on it, controlling Satan like a puppet. And then while Satan is controlling a smaller Eddie, which I never, I'll admit, yes. I never even noticed that until I, yeah. I oh, yeah. looked Have a good at it look close at it. now. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he's controlling a little Eddie. This album oh, yeah. cover has definitely been examined in great detail oh, by yeah. people listening to the record and doing other things at the same time. Yeah, right. like me. <laughs> yeah. So I what did stared, you find? I stared at every little, little, every yeah. little devil in here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, so I'm going to say, I was actually, believe it or not, I was a fan of Iron Maiden before you because I was oh. a fan of the first uh, uh, album, ah. the first two albums with their other, I really liked their original single, Paul Diano, because a lot of people back then I was into punk and some bands I felt like were crossover, like ACDC and Iron Maiden yeah. in particular, yeah. I felt like they were kind of like punk metal. Yeah. Yes. And especially Paul Diano had, had a much raspier, rougher voice, and I really liked them. And I'll be honest, when, when they got Bruce Dickinson, I heard this, and I, I just heard, I probably heard Run to the Hills, maybe, and I said, oh, that's cool, but I just didn't like his voice, and I moved on yeah. to other things. Yeah. I was unfortunately, the, a lot of people had the opposite opinion. Had the opposite, right. A lot of people did prefer Paul Diano. I'm sure that, the I'm sure that original, I'm sure fans, the original yeah. fans did. But th- this was a huge, huge record. You know? At that time when they were starting out, you know, in England, you know, in the mid to late 70s, like, punk rock was a thing. And oh, Paul yeah. Piano was definitely, but he was like a UK subs, like, fanatic. Yeah, he had, like, short hair, yeah. right? And, uh, yeah, and he wore leather jacket. And yeah, he, yeah. he looked, yeah, he could have been. And Steve Harris punk was totally not right. a punk rock guy. He was not, He was yeah, like a yeah. prog rock hard rock guy. Right. He was like what? Genesis, Deep Purple. Well, yeah, and you can hear some of that in here as well. There's some runs and stuff where you go, that's not really metal. That's really prog. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know. Anytime you get a major scale being played in a metal song, you go, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> that's not really <laughs> metal. That's different, you know. In the first track, as a matter of fact, there's a little bit where they play this, they play, uh, um, Da 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 da, and they just play, and it's you go, wow, that's an interesting little um, flourish on a heavy metal <laughs> yeah. song. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely more. It's funny. Uh, a couple people have said when they listen to it, it, it isn't as heavy as they would think it would be. Like looking at the right. album. We have we had that right? convo on the way no, up here. There's there's energy and there's like a lot of drive and of course the galloping right. bass sounds. And all yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and 
it does get heavy sometimes, but there's, a, there's a lot of like. Well, the subject matter I think is heavier than the music sometimes. Yeah, it's um, it's very listenable and it's very accessible, and I think that's probably what brought it to such a wider audience was the fact that, you know, the the sounds on it are very are very pleasant, even though it's you know it's cool and the and the and the lyrics are cool. And it's like a lot of it's faster than I thought it's it was. Fast. Like, it's really like, fast. It's, it's and the quick. first time I've ever heard someone describe Iron Maiden as pleasant. Well, it, <laughs> it, it is. Pleasant. But if you compare it to like you know listening to a, a death metal record or a right, Slayer record, Slayer, yeah. I would also exactly. find Slayer pleasant. But that's me. That's I'm you, talking about a damaged You know, person. I can yeah. see. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> and uh, but it's it's um you know it's not. It's not off-putting to hear. Uh, maybe it was in the 80s, but not to me now. I go, oh, wow, this is well, really actually yeah. very, you know. It's very musical. It's very it, musical. It is exactly. musical. The playing, you could tell the playing on it is like off oh, the yeah. charts. Yeah, like it's amazing. great. Yeah. Like like some of the song, every yeah. song. Like some of the drumming, like, and the drummer left yeah. after this record, right? Yeah. Some oh, of the yeah, drumming, there's, asked to leave, there's some yeah. little bits in there where I go, I listened to what the bass drum was doing, I was like, oh, really? That's really cool. What he was, you know, a little, like some little like hiccup triplet hook. Hiccup oh, yeah, thing. yeah. And they like, were all such drummer. good players, and they were like, like every song, it was like they were, each one was like, I'm going to showcase yeah. how good I am right. in this song. And I was, I'm going to find a spot to do it. I, yeah. That probably may be part of what turned me up, because when I, when I was younger, I was listening to. The Ramones and stuff. I listen to it and I go, oh, I could do that. I could yeah, play that. Right. But I listen yeah. to this, I go, I could yeah. never do that. Yeah. No, there's, you yeah, know, no. I could never. Uh-uh. I mean, the solos are, you know, there's some, um, oh, another, uh, I hear the the influence again, uh, I think, who else did we talk about that this happened with? The influence of Finn Lizzy. Because anytime you have a twin guitar attack. Oh, with the dual guitar The stuff, dual guitars, yeah. you're going to harken back to, to Lizzy because they were the you know the pioneers of that particular thing in a big absolutely. way absolutely all right now i also heard another thing which i don't know barry what american metal band do you, did you did you hear anything especially there's one song in particular that sounds a lot like it hit me i don't know blue oyster cult oh really uh, these guys at least some people in this band had to be blue oyster okay. cult fans okay okay when, when, when we get there when you we get hit to the me song, up. Okay. It, it will blow your mind i guarantee right, it'll okay. blow your mind the people, you'll hear gas make sure the mic's up because everyone will gasp there they're not, gasping, they're not even yeah. listening to us out there more martin birch don't worry about it we're fine martin we're fine. birch who produces record did produce at least one Really? Oh, really? I don't, I don't remember which that one. Maybe, okay. at, maybe that after makes sense. this. That makes sense. All right, so yeah, that really? is sad. Maybe in the 70s, yeah. That's really? one thing I didn't realize that Cly- this is the last record with Clyde Barron and then Nico, the, the great, the beloved Nico, Nico uh, Mc- now is it Nico McBain or Nico McBrain? McBrain. It is McBrain, right? Um, yeah, he's he's been the, after this, he was the drummer and that's it. He's been the drummer ever since, right? And he's an awesome drummer. And uh, Tony's such a fan that he went on his birthday, he went to his awesome rib place, Rock and Roll Ribs, and Tony doesn't even eat meat. Oh, <laughs> He's really? a vegetarian, and he went. Yeah. Is that, that's the one that's out in, like, in like Tamarack? Coral Springs. Coral, Coral Springs, Springs. Rock, and, rock and Roll Ribs. It's awesome. Yeah. The ribs are big. I was the, I was, I Wait went, a second. The guy doesn't eat meat, and he owns a rib place? No, no. Tony no, no, doesn't eat meat, meat and he went there. Oh, okay. I the got day it, it opened. I, I had it confused. Pay attention. <laughs> the day that it opened, I went there, and... Um, Fausto was staring at me, and I got thrown off. <laughs> And they had the, you know, they're hot. They have like the hots. They have like the mild, hot, and number of the beast. Oh, okay. And yeah. So I had to order the number of the beast, and then like the chef. What, what, like what number of the beast? What vegetarian something? Well, I was eating shrimp then, so I had like some kind of shrimp. <laughs> okay. Thing, he was still right? doing shrimp then. Right. <laughs> okay. So 
it's, um, a, it's a process. So the, the chef guy, his former partner, came over asking me because he said you're the first person to try the number of the beast. We just opened today. And then Nico comes in with like Walmart coasters because they opened the restaurant, they didn't have coasters. And then Nico McBrain comes over like he wanted to know if it was okay, if it tasted good and all that. And then he he said if it's if it's Did too you lie hot, to him so you could get a coupon for a free meal the next time? <laughs> he uh, said, you know I'm... He said if it's too hot and you need to run to the hills and he points to <laughs> Really he said that run to the hills uh, yeah. pointing right. towards the bathroom. It's, nice. It's all about branding. It sure is. <laughs> so smart. Um all right, awesome. So we have uh, Bruce Dickinson, who we didn't mention was in the band Samson before this. And yep. Now, how many uh, have you ever actually met uh, members of the band? I know you've, you're. I met Nico fan. and Steve of Harris. Oh, you've met Steve Harris, who's yeah. sort of like the mastermind, and he's like the uh, he he writes most of the songs. Yeah, he is Mr. Iron Maiden. And I heard there's a really great quote from the former singer um, Diano, the Diano guy, Paul Diano. Uh, when he left the band, he said, it's like having, he was talking about their manager, Rod Smallworth and yeah. uh, Steve Harris. It's like having Mussolini and Adolf Hitler run your band. Uh-huh. <laughs> because it's Rod Smallworth and Steve Harris, and that's it. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's what. <laughs> so I guess, you know, but hey, whatever they did, it, it worked because they. Uh, yeah. Well, that probably is, that's the MO, you know? That's the, uh, you follow their orders, you know. Right. Peter Grant, you know, Led Zeppelin, uh, yeah. Johnny Ramone. And the Ramones. You need a Taskmaster. You need an Adolf. Every band needs an Adolf Hitler. I'm just going to say that. Um, Who played Hitler in your bands, Rob? So, <laughs> so Tony. Or Mussolini. Let's, let's be more. That's let's be kind podcast, to you. Did your mom ever see the cover? Did she ever discover it? No, I don't it? think so. You, she never you really, managed to hide it from She never mom. really paid attention to because what my records Because she would have like. been appalled, right? She would have assumed immediately you were no. a Satan worshiper. I mean, she saw like the posters on my wall and then... One day tore them down. We won't get into that. Oh, you know they were mostly like of Fausto. I think the same thing happened to you, Fausto, didn't it? Didn't your mom? Yeah, he doesn't want to go there. Don't go there. (laughs) We got a fourth mic. You can go up there, Fausto. You want to tell a sad (laughs) story about your posters getting torn down? (laughs) Still, it just happened last week. Candace. I was like in high school, and I was out till like seven a.m. Bay City Rollers. I don't want to make it sound like my mom's real mean. Like I really fucked up. Yeah, of course. Yeah, well, you, you could be kind of an asshole. I don't care how many people like you. All right, so let's get into this record. The first song, Invaders. Invaders! Da, 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 da. And I've heard, now, uh, I, I, I went, I, I like to do, uh, when I do these on bands I don't really know, I go to, like, their fan forums and see what people think. And a lot of fans slag this song, and Steve Harris did, too. That's well, saying that actually, he didn't, think, he didn't think it was that great a song, and then he's sorry they. So that's it why it opens their most popular time. album. Well, yeah, that's the thing. He, he he didn't think it was like good enough, and but they didn't have any. They didn't really have time. Right. So let's make it the first song on our album. Right. But I think it's never really listen. Cool. Never yeah. listen to the band. Yeah. Is the first. When never I, listen when to I, the bass player, especially. I know. <laughs> when I first heard the record, by the way. Um, for those of you who aren't Tony's pulling out his copy of the album. Out. He's got his vinyl here, ladies it's and gentlemen. still look, got, he's got the sleeve. If you look at the record, sleeve. So Let me see if it smells like side, hot at all. It, no. This side, like, you know, Iron Maiden and it has the lyrics. That's yeah. side one, but this side has everything. Oh, very so if cool. you're like 12 years old yeah, yeah. and you see this, this yep. is the side you're putting. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. First. So you first heard so a number of the For years and years and years, I thought Invaders The displayable on side two has a side two. Okay, okay. Well, for, for our podcast, we're going the right in order, not, okay. not the 12-year-old Tony order. All right. confused. 
Um, I think this is a really cool opener. It's I a like great, it. yeah. yeah. You know what? It's um, it gets your attention and um, it's got some classic heavy metal theme. You know, um, you've got, got the, the Vikings base, coming the in from across the it. sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, well, what is this about? This is about the the, the lyrics reference the Norman conquest of England in 1066. Yeah, <laughs> that's what. Yeah. So, but yeah. it wasn't sung in Old English, thankfully. No, but some of the lyrics. I'm gonna just come out and say some of the lyrics are kind of like. They're literal. Sometimes they're a little too literal on what they're describing, and they're not. A lot of Steve Harris's lyrics are like that. Yeah, yeah. It's so just maybe, like you're—he's telling you a story. And, yeah. yeah. Like a fourteen-year-old. It's, right, it's like a fourteen-year-old book report. Or <laughs> it is. Long longboats have been sighted. The evidence of war have begun. Many Nordic fighting men, their swords and shields all gleam in the sun. Call to arms, defend yourselves. Get ready to stand and fight for your lives. Uh, yeah, so it's all. <laughs> Can we compare and contrast this with uh, um, Big Country? Because we got <laughs> right. Because we had sort of the same right, thing. Right, there was right. a, here. Here we go. Let's see. I hit on a good one. The Vikings are too many, much too powerful to take on our own. We must have reinforcements. We cannot fight this battle alone. So yeah, there's a, there's a somewhat. Um, yeah, you know. And the funny All thing right, is, kids, that- I need you kids. We're going to write a fiction story today. There was a song. Severed limbs and fatal woundings, bloody corpses lay all around. Now, Johnny, I want you to take this back. It's just, uh, you know, your mom. It's too graphic. It's a little too graphic. They had, so there was this uh, sort of EP that they released. There was a demo called the Soundhouse Tapes. um, And it had a song called Invasion. And it was about the same sort of thing. It was about Vikings. And it didn't sound anything like this song, but... That song just ended up as a like as a B side to something, and then he sort of rewrote it. For yep, the record. smell of death and burning flesh, the battle weary fight to the end. You know, but it does make you think like if you were <clears throat> that was something that happened. Fair, it was a fairly common thing to happen to people in times gone by. Was oh, you know, oh, Attila the Hun, they're coming. That there's a guy comes, you know comes running across the hill and goes it's pointing backwards and screaming then you're screwed right because you're all going to be slaughtered and that's basically the idea here too i think the vikings weren't as much about slaughter as just they want to take home some shit you know give us your shit and this song has never been performed live oh really oh Oh, so they really didn't they weren't crazy probably because steve didn't wasn't crazy about it so that's two songs i think oh that's interesting i bet the record label probably sequenced it and they were like no this is a good opener and all right so song we get song number two definitely was performed live because it's an awesome song children of the dance oh yeah and all right first off you got to say Metallica are obviously huge yeah. uh, fans yeah, yeah. because this yeah. song sounds like. Uh, at first, I thought "Fade to Black." It sounds a lot. "Fade to Black" sounds yeah, a yeah, lot like yeah. this song, but also remember when they did the "Unforgiven" two, like a new version of "Unforgiven." Uh, Tony's shaking his head. I, I, I had probably checked out. All right, but Metallica did, and that is ex- basically Children of the Damned. I mean, the oh. intro part is exactly yeah. like if you listen. It's even more than "Fade to Black." So obviously, they were huge. Uh, you know, it's funny though. Fans. Many years later, uh, Bruce Dickinson, when he wasn't, when he had left Iron Maiden for a while, he had a radio show on the BBC, and on the last episode of that show, he interviewed Ronnie James Dio, wow. and he told Ronnie James Dio that this song, even though he didn't write this song, but I guess maybe his performance on it, but he said that it was inspired by Ch- Black Sabbath, Children of the Sea. Uh, oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, because I thought I heard... 
a Dio, you know, sort of a, a, yeah. a Dio thing going on yeah. in there. And, uh, you know, it, it's there's nothing wrong with that. Those yeah. uh, Dio brought something totally different to Black Sabbath than Ozzy, you know. Yeah. Right. Because the song is actually... <clears throat> you know, sort of loosely based on the movie. On the movie. Now, did you ever see? All right. Now, but the movie was a sequel. Children of the Damned right. was a it was sequel based to on Village, sort of both of them. Village of. Do you remember Village of the Damned? Yeah, I remember I do. seeing yeah. that as a kid. Yeah. And it scared the fuck out of me. Yeah. Because uh, it's about these creepy, these six creepy blonde kids that had yeah. telekinetic powers and right. these weird yeah. eyes. Yeah, they the were eyes. all like different nationalities. No, no, no. They were all, well. At least, I'm Children talking about Village of the Damned. Yeah. Children of the Damned was a sequel, and it was actually based on a book. Uh, on a novel called The Midwich Cuckoos was yeah. the novel that it was based on. and uh, I don't have that in front of me, so I cannot verify Rob's pronunciation. Do, oh, The Midwich <laughs> Cuckoos, that's it, 100%. Um, yeah, so that's so Steve Harris obviously liked to do that a lot. They're like things that he yeah, liked. Yeah, he did. Like he wrote about movies and novels right. and poems. And, yeah. And it's, uh, and it's, this, this to me is like a classic uh, Iron Maiden song because it's got that slow opening the foreboding thing and then yep. it, then it goes yeah. into the fast like speed metal thrash yeah. metal hey bro get a new muffler it's it's like a slower it's because invaders starts off and it's like you know it's yeah like charging driving 100 miles per hour and the children of the damned is all, all glue yeah and I, and I thought that was interesting to start a the second song on side you know a yeah. have a sort of a slow i'm like oh yeah. that's a you know that's a interesting choice but it does of course it builds up Oh, it builds up, and it's such an awesome song. It really is. And uh, Bruce's voice is, is perfect to sing this. He's got that, you know, he's, he's convincing, right? Is. He's convincing. Tony, and, sing, yeah. and sing the, a little for us, Tony. Is that feel like Bruce Dickinson? Can you? <laughs> and then <laughs> maybe later. Right. The, the whoa-whoa-whoa's, yeah. that, that sort of started off with, that's like a thing, you know, at their live shows. Ah, like, okay. Bruce Dickinson, is a, he's, he's a total, you know, showman. He, totally, he can get a crowd of, like, Oh right! I was watching that. Like yeah, I was watching that concert from '82, which uh, was where I, you know, lifted the thing for the promo video that nobody watched. But uh, I watched it, <laughs> and he definitely was—he knew how to engage the crowd yeah. and you know get people interested, and not in a cheesy way, in a way that was like yeah. really, oh god, you know. he's big into getting them to do the whoa, whoa, <laughs> right? Yeah, sure, you know. keep them interested. And yeah. watching watching live videos too, these guys could. Really play. Recreate their yeah. sound yeah. live, yeah, which a lot of bands yeah. couldn't do. No. Kiss. Mentioned Kiss. Yes, kiss. <laughs> so it was like he was preparing. He's got like, I got 300,000 people. I'm going to like inspire them all to go fight off those Vikings, you know? Right. 300,000, huh? Awesome. That, their biggest crowd was Rock and Rio 85. Oh, Rio. Rio. That's yeah. right. Okay. And there's video of that, wow. too, and it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, the whole yeah, show. Is. So the people in the back would actually see their mouths move and then the sound would hit them like two seconds later. <laughs> right. Yeah. Liter- actually. Yeah. All right, so we get to song number three is The Prisoner. This yeah. is a great song. This is a great song. song. Yeah. And it it's inspired by the British sci-fi show. Did you, did you guys ever watch Oh, yeah, show, of course. It's really weird and I've fun. only seen, I've seen very little of it, but... It's it's very It's definitely bizarre. interesting. It's um, concept. Yeah, there's... It's there's a mysterious control agency that has is keeping this guy there, and there's like the it's like the bouncing ball that comes in. Yes, yeah, yeah. It was very. It's uh, almost like Kafka esque. Right? It is. Yes. Was, yeah. Like what was that Jim Carrey movie where he lives in the little? Oh, uh, Truman studio? Show. Yes. So, kind of but they had show. him live. He resigned. And so they had him live in this little village, trying to. Find That's out right. Why right. He and why he resigned? He was yep. a prisoner. You and the, the opening, are the opening. So they got the guy from the show, Patrick 
McGowan. They used his, uh, which I hope the that's intro. how you pronounce his I name, his opening McGowan. narration. I think it's McGowan. And it's, but to me, it's, it sounds like an Abbott and Costello routine because he goes, who are you, <laughs> the new number two, who is number one? You are number, number six. six. I felt someone to say... Bleh. Third base, you know, he's on third base. Hey, Molly, Larry. <laughs> but then the song kicks in, and it and it's so awesome. And it's, it's got, got that, the awesome drum. Oh, the drum, you know? the, the drum yeah, intro, yeah, and the yeah. slow uh, drum intro, and then it, and then it takes off. And uh, this song is like really great. I'm on the run. I killed to eat. I'm starving now, feeling dead on my feet. Going all the way. I'm nature's beast. Do what I want and do as I please. Tony, let me ask you. Does, did the album come with lyrics? It didn't. Yes, right? it does. Oh, it does yeah. have lyrics. All right. So, would you sit as a teenage boy? Were you sitting? Oh, of course. Like reading these lyrics? No. Oh, of course. It was like, yeah, laying in bed. As a matter of fact, it oh, was they really are. cool because. Lyrics. Oh my God, I could never read those without reading. Yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> no. In the, in the before you could. But I hadn't done that in decades until I was gonna do this, and then yes. one day I just put on the record on, and I was sitting there on the couch, and I was like, shit, I can't remember when was the last time I did this. <laughs> Same. Is like that your original album from the 80s? Yeah, look, it's like, dude, that's it's, amazing. Yeah. That is amazing, right? Yeah, I'm not good with stuff like that. No. All right, so this song... So there's going to be like, where, where, where's that thing that you used to have? Oh, I gave it away. You know, it's gone. All right, and the the lead part in this song, where they got the stops and the starts, and the uh, the dual guitar stuff, it's just, yeah, yeah it's amazing. I never, uh, I, 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 like, listen to this now, Barry, weren't you, like, kind of blown away by how great this record is to listen to? It's, it's okay, I said this, you know, last week about the Bees record. It's one of those records that I would not hesitate to listen to again. Because, because doing this, what we do, you know, some weeks are easier than others. But no, when I put this record on, I was like, this is great. Look at and, this, Tony, you made me and Barry do yeah, the hardcore yeah. I about it. Yeah, it, no, it's good. <laughs> It's good because it's not, um, it's, there's interesting melodic stuff going on that's not, that's sort of unpredictable sometimes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's, right. and there's some, there's some, there's like, don't hate me for saying this, there's one part where they play like some, like a chord that's just mainly fourths. And that's really interesting. And it's got it's almost a jazzy sound in the middle of the tune. And you're like, Oh wow, that's that was that was really interesting. That was not typical and not predictable, and, and it's that's what's great about it. And that they all can, they really can really play, and that there's no studio trickery going on. You just listen to the drummer and you're going, yeah, that's amazing. And the, the guitar players and the bass playing, everybody's just dead on. On yeah. point. Now, Tony, were you already playing at this point? Were you playing uh, instrument or not yet? No, not really, no. All right, but did, did this inspire you anyway? Because the bass playing on uh, yeah, this yeah. is incredible. Did yeah. this kind but of inspire you to be a bass player? I didn't start playing bass till later. You don't play bass any any way or form like Steve Harris. I'm just no, I don't. Right Even now. though Nikki from Churchill's for some reason <laughs> thinks I do. But really? I don't. Well, Nikki's and, kind well, of a first of all, Nikki, um, okay. Nikki from Steve, Ch- Wait. I know. <laughs> Nikki Bowe, formerly of Churchill. Form, let's go, yeah, yeah. formerly. He's always That's he'll always like, be, Steve Harris. He'll always be Nikki. That was like five years now. He'll always be Nikki from Churchill. Of course. Dave Daniels will always be Dave Daniels. Yes, that's true. But anyway, the um, interesting thing that I found out about Steve Harris is playing. First of all, he doesn't play with a pick at all, whatsoever. He so. doesn't, and so it he sounds doesn't. like sometimes and it does. Right? We have like we have covered. We don't. We you know most people don't know what the Humber trooper sounds I've seen like. You do the trooper, but Humber, my band doesn't sound anything like heavy metal or Iron Maiden. But we've yeah. covered the trooper, and when we cover it, we're like. We're fucking. We're not fucking around. We're yeah, really you do it really good. Covering the trooper, and this shit is hard as fuck. It is hard to play. Yes. Rimsky. And that was when you had Rimsky all, in the band. I'm <laughs> using all my fingers. Steve Harris only uses these two fingers. Oh, and okay, okay. Play, I it's see like what you're a saying. weird thing when you look when you watch him. 
when you watch it, his right hand, it's like a really weird thing, but he nails it like every time. And even live, he's almost like even more on the, <laughs> the record. And, he, and he's also like rocking out at the same time and yeah. smiling. Like right. it's he's like yeah, running yeah. around. Right. Yeah, he's, he's like 60 something. He's like running all over the place. Yeah. It's amazing. So maybe he was like the Paul Diano said, maybe he was Hitler, but he was a very talented baseball player. Yeah, player. you know. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? Paul Diano just couldn't do? keep up. Paul Diano was just like drinking a lot. He couldn't. That's he's what like, they, that was one of the reasons. running around me. Fuck these They kind of realized that they were going to, they needed some a singer that could More, do this yeah. every night. Yep. And that would well, plus a, they were getting ready to, you know, to put out that third record, which is, you know, once you, right. you're going to put out that yeah, third yeah, yeah. record, this is going to make a break. break. And that's gonna, it. Like, go for America. Okay. Paul Diano, step up, huh? who wasn't really giving too much of a shit at the shows. Yeah. Right. All right, speaking about not giving a shit, we're going to take a little break here. We're going to uh, refill our beers. We're here at Laser Wolf. Let's hear it once more for Laser Wolf here, everyone. Woo! Here for Chris. We're going to take a little break. We'll be back in a minute with more. That record got me high. We'll be back with Tony Landon in a minute. This is a test of the nationwide emergency protocol. If this were an actual emergency, you'd be directed to go to isthistomorrow.com. Yes, that's isthistomorrow.com. Is This Tomorrow is a weekly webcomic since 1993, the result of a government experiment gone wrong, tunneled into the Black Hills of South Dakota, prehistoric life forms reanimated by necromancy, larger-than-life personalities driven by inhuman desires, space aliens controlling your thoughts from the foot of your bed, a secret channel on television that generates seemingly random noises, radiation from beyond the galaxy terrifying children and pets, Proceed to the shelter at the coordinates that will be given shortly. Follow the shopping cart with the flashing blue light. Once again, that's Is This Tomorrow, a weekly webcomic at isthistomorrow.com since Okay, kids, I need everyone to return to their seat, please. (laughs) It's time for us to begin. Uh Uh-oh, who called the police? Who called the police? Oh, no, it's an ambulance. Ken, no, Ken's right in here. Don't. (laughs) Don't. (laughs) Probably wouldn't be him anyway. It'd be somebody else. Yeah, someone younger. Someone half... Let me know when we're rolling, Barry. It's a really big show. We've been rolling. All right, really people. Show. People, people. Uh, there's a lot of chatter. There's an awful lot of chatter in here. People. Hello, podcast going on. Podcast yeah, going on. We're... <laughs> All right, we are back. To that record got me high. That is Barry Stock. That is Rob Elba. And we're here with our very special guest, Mr. Tony Landa. Antonio Landa. Antonio Landa of the band Humber. We are live at Laserwolf. Let's hear it, everyone, for Laserwolf. Thank you all for coming. Thank you, Chris, for having us. Yes. And we're talking about the number of the beast, the record that uh, Tony Landa bought and hid from his mother for 20, 20 something years. <laughs> she never knew she that he still was doesn't know a that secret Satan worshiper. All right, so we're getting to song number four, which is 22 Acacia Avenue. Acacia. 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 Did I say Acacia? 
It's a tree. It's a kind of tree. I swear, I'm turning into my mom. I can't pronounce anything. It's a genus of trees in the legume family. All right, this. All right, so Barry, this is the song though. If you listen, the the, the riff. We could spend the rest of the episode talking about acacias if you want, because yeah. I know all that stuff. Yeah, that sounds as intriguing as that sounds. <laughs> this song, the riff in this song, Barry sounds like Harvester of Eyes. Oh, this uh, is Harvester okay. of Eyes. So you're right. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Right. Somebody's listening to uh, BOC. Our, my so Tony, you must know this. This is the second song in the Charlotte, the Harlot song. Yes. Almost. All right. So you know. Explain to me what that is. So. Um, Adrian Smith, he wrote 20, 22 Acacia Avenue when he was like 15. Of course. And there's another song called Charlotte the Harlot that's on one of the earlier pre-Bruce Dickinson records. Right. And um, so the song, with all the lineup changes that he was going through in his bands, the song kept changing. And then uh, Steve Harris went to see one of the, the shows in the band he was in called Urchin. And he said, hey, you know that song that you guys used to do? And he just kind of like... You know, hummed it, and then he liked it. But so they maidenized it, right? You know, and and it is an awesome song. It the, is. The lyrics are kind of questionable. Yeah. <laughs> because it's and very dark. It's, it's a okay. dark subject. And they don't like to talk about it too much. Like I was like trying to find out a little bit more about it, about it, and so they said that the twenty two next question Avenue is that, <laughs> is that where Charlotte. Lived and, and Steve Harris said, "Oh, we don't really like to talk about it too much." Uh, so maybe but, it was a yeah, it could have been a place they actually but went it's to. One of those songs, yeah, or somebody they knew that they were yeah outing, you know. Yeah. If you're feeling down, depressed, and lonely, I know a place where you can go. Twenty two Acacia Avenue. Meet a lady that I know. So it, now this is the part that gets kind of wild. So if you're looking for a good time and you're prepared to pay the price, he says, and you're prepared to pay the price, and then he says, fifteen quid is all she asked for. Uh, everybody's got their vice. So it's like 15 yeah. quid, that's not a lot, right? Well, it's 30 bucks. <laughs> it was 30 bucks in the 70s or the okay. early 80s, yeah. Um, and it's so great, like, the, the music is so dramatic. It is, it's so dramatic. What like, what do they say? Yeah. Like, There's a place where you can. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like. And some of the lyrics get uncomfortably direct. So, someday, when you're, when you've reached, when you reach the age of 40, I bet you'll regret the days when you were laying. Nobody then will want to know. You won't have any beautiful wares to show anymore. <laughs> well, so it's like a cautionary <laughs> tale for, it's for a little, kids. It's a little judgy. Don't go. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And uh, like, don't get into prostitution. Okay, well, but I mean, it, it, Charlotte, can't you come out from all this madness? Can't you see it only brings you sadness? When you entertain your men, don't you know the risk of getting a disease? It sounds like a like a, after a public service announcement. It's a public service yeah. announcement. Yeah. Uh, some hidden political messages in this album. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here you go. Beat her, mistreat her, do anything that you please. Bite her, excite her, make her get down on her knees. Abuse her, misuse her. She can take that all you've got. Caress her, molest her. She always does what you want. No bueno. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, we're going to leave these lyrics in 1982. Now we know this is why they didn't want to talk about yeah, this song. Right. Tony. <laughs> 
Well, you know, they're just stories. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're just different stories. perspectives. Right. Different, you know. uh, okay. It's another and like it's another one of their. Uh, it, it's like a longer song, and it's got. But the great thing about they have these long songs, but they have different like parts to them. Musical yeah, yeah, parts, yeah, sure. So they never get like boring. No, or anything. Yeah. they don't. Uh, there's so much going on, and the musical themes keep changing, and it makes it like really exciting to listen to. You and know? sometimes, like, there's just like an instrumental part. But it's part of the story. Yeah, like a, there's yeah, like a yeah, battle, yeah. and then you know the battle's coming, right. and then it's, there's this intense, very dramatic, yeah. instru- very dramatic, instrumental part, and that's the battle. It is, but the lyrics are just problematic in this one. We're just gonna say <laughs> we, that. This is not the first problematic <laughs> set of oh, lyrics. I think we need to yeah. move we have on come from across. this, and we get all right. So we flip the record over, <laughs> and this is the first song on side two. But for Tony Landa, it was the song this on side one, of course, because well, he had to listen to the side with Eddie on it first. Of course, but when you put it on, you hear like "Woe to you." Right. Uh, it's like that intro. Right. That should have been. It's the title track that should have been. Yeah, this is my favorite, right. this really is my favorite song on the record. Yeah. This is definitely musically uh, and lyrically my favorite song on the record. Uh, you know, the, uh, and those, you know the, the words in that intro. So um, they had asked Vincent Price yes. to record it, and he was too expensive. So right. They so they got some who sounded guy. Some guy who sounded Voice. a lot like Vincent Price. Yeah. He does. And, and they're actually like... Um, it's from the Bible. Like it's the from quote. the uh, book of Revelation. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, for the it's devil sort of sends the beast with wrath. Yeah, I read yeah. that. The book of Revelations is the book, like, I'd be sitting in church. I went to Beulah Baptist Church in uh, Winter Garden, Florida. And so the preacher would be up there. And so you're sitting there bored in church. And so you know that you can turn to the book of Revelations and read some cool shit while you're sitting in church. And nobody can say anything to you because you're still reading the Bible. And you gotta, you don't have to listen to uh, uh, Alton Mash up there trying to, just one more verse of just as I am. I know somebody needs to come down and get saved today. Did so, you ever get saved, Barry? Yeah. <laughs> I guess Steve Harris must have been doing that too. Now, now, Tony, you're a Catholic. Were you raised a Catholic? Not really. I mean, we were Catholic, what, what you, but I wasn't really heathens? raised there. <laughs> no, we weren't a very religious family. Oh, you weren't? Oh, okay. You're lucky okay, man. Okay, really so, Barry, because I'm just wondering, as a Jewish kid, none of this, uh, this was all just like cartoon stuff to me. Right, yeah, because it's in the New Testament. You don't yeah, care about that stuff, yeah. New Testament's bullshit. Right, right. <laughs> Came up with that I mean, it's all bullshit, but. Yeah. Um, I was wondering if it, like, had any, you know, it, it sounds so, um, well, the six 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 thing, what they, what scholars say is the book, the book of Revelations is a coded reference to not shit that's happening in the future, but to did a, the scholars actually use shit say shit that's happening in the future? Is that what the scholars say? Right, but when they're talking to me, <laughs> okay. they feel like they can relax. You know, when we're on the phone, the the biblical scholars, right. you know, they know that they can let their guard down with me. Not like with you, where yeah. you're very judgmental about their language and you. So, <laughs> and right. Yeah. All right, but so the 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 ironic thing is, it's not. Steve Harris wrote this song after seeing the 1978 movie Damien Omen oh, yeah, Two, sure. the sequel to the Omen. Yes, right. And then, he had a, a, then he had a dream about it. Right. It's about his dream, basically. Yeah. Yes. And if you read the lyrics, you could tell it totally sounds like someone that saw the Omen Two and is having a dream. Pretty yeah. much. But it's also inspired by that poem Tam O'Shanter. Ah. Oh, really? By Robert Burns. Yeah. Oh. I like how you say that. Like like you would know that if you didn't. No, I don't know. <laughs> No, I, I definitely oh, looked that, that up. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, but, yeah. don't you know, Rob? That I think poem? I pronounced Tam O'Shanter. <laughs> you did. You, you did good. Sure. Yeah. I think you did, did good. Oh, you know okay. So it's not. So it's not anything to do. But this was the song, especially, and of course, the album cover that got the uh, Christian groups were like burning yeah, these yeah. records. Yeah, people were right? burning the records. So this was like their breakthrough in America. The next yeah. song we'll get into, but 
right. this was the album where they were, were like, we got to break into America and then we'll be an international band. And that's right. exactly what happened. But then they went to America and everybody was burning their records. And so these kids were like, my parents are burning this record. So I, they're coming. Too bad. Down, you have I to buy go. another one. <laughs> and it like it was the perfect storm. Oh, and the riff, just the opening riff. Can yeah, we say that's one of the greatest metal oh, song yeah. openings yeah. ever? Yeah. When yeah. it just after that, that quote and then it comes in with that riff. Oh, it just gives you goosebumps. Well, right? this, I'm going to say this tune and in then, particular. A lot of I think a lot of alternative bands heard this record as well. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's got it's got a vibe and a feel to it that's like. Not exactly metal. It's more right, melodic. right. Because it's got yeah. a little extra, and the drumming. Listen to drumming. It's not straight yeah, yeah. ahead. It's oh, got sorry, that little yeah. extra beat in there. And the Speaking of Satan, here comes the bright line. <laughs> and, then, and so the um, you have the the first verse there. Yeah, hold on. Here we go. So that first verse. So Martin Birch, um, the producer, he he basically the first two lines they spent all day. Wow. Going over and Just over those the lines. Perfect. And Bruce Dickinson was starting to get really pissed oh, off. Oh, so his scream at the beginning was a real scream of anguish. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Martin it's the Birch Stanley Kubrick uh, Black Sabbath. He had done Black Sabbath and Blister uh, Cold and uh, Deep Purple and a bunch of bands that they were like influenced by. Right. And he did the record before this. So, this is the first time that Bruce Dickinson was working with him. And he was frustrating the shit out of Bruce Dickinson. And then he was like, he's like, sing those two lines like it sums up your whole entire life. That's what I told Ronnie James Dio. Oh, uh, Bruce Dickinson just he pulled didn't the Dio string. Yeah. yeah. And then he finally got it after the whole day. And then that's where that, he was like throwing furniture across the room. Oh, awesome. And then he finally, that scream came out. That which scream is, you know, is awesome. But yeah. yeah, so the lyrics are just, it, it's clearly like a, a, a nightmare um, yeah. that he's singing about. Um, yeah, when I was a kid, I always thought like he, he was like wandering around in the woods and he came across this big like devil worshipping thing going on and he was freaked out about it. Right, right. Woe so, uh, to you, or sea and earth, for the devil sends the beast with wrath, because he knows the time is short. Let him who hath understanding reckon the, the number, number of the beast. beast, for it is a human number. Its number is 666. So that, 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 it's all code for a, a, a rebellion against the Romans by um, the Jewish community, or by a community. Why does it always have to come against the Jews? <laughs> well, it was, it was, you know... <laughs> Your pal Jesus was, <laughs> he was a Jew. He was a good Jewish Most boy. of the he things was. that happened in the Bible happened to Jews. All right. We're very, uh, we're very oppressed about A people. whole bunch of it. Which brings You got your Philistines, to... you know, the Egyptians, but. Uh, I don't like, the, I don't even like the way you say Jew, Barry. I don't know. I think it's. <laughs> I'm keep just kidding. It, you Barry's Barry's, keep it up, Barry's buddy. married to a Jew. <laughs> So, yeah, Barry's actually you're you're more Jewish than me. What am I talking about? Tony Land is not Jewish at all, though. <laughs> no, no, not that no. I know. We're drifting, aren't I'm the we? First, I'm the yeah. first Jewish person I think Boy, we, we we've got ever to... known. Oh my god! <laughs> at least from Hialeah. There are no Jews in Hialeah. I bet there are. I don't think there are. I feel like right. Bruce Dickinson's gonna like somehow find out about this podcast. <laughs> and he's gonna be listening. He's like, what the fuck are they? It's very Jewy. <laughs> More Jewish references than they thought there would be. All right, so we get to the second song on side two. Is we need run- to consult the rabbi. <laughs> the, 
This, Run to the Hills. Now, this is a song that everyone's heard. Yes. Well, this is, yeah, this is the song. That, the, the breakout yeah. song. And this is, this song has the best air drumming in it ever. Like, yeah, yeah, in, in the Rock and Rio, you see all yeah. these little little uh, South American kids well, going, I mean, bum ba da bum bum ba da Iron Maiden's like Rush, one of those bands that you listen to one song and you're playing, like, air every Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I was true. playing air guitar today, I confess. Yeah. <laughs> Were you? Yeah. And standing in front of the TV, listening to Spotify, and I found myself like, oh, I'm playing air guitar. What do you know? Okay. I'm a guitar player. And so well, I was air drumming. I almost got in an accident. Yeah, yeah. I was air drumming. So they much. wanted to get the single out before the record was out, so they put out the single, and then they did the UK tour, and then the album came out. Oh, okay, and okay. They were playing the song, and the album was number one. And then this song, which is about what's Native, it about now? Native Tell American genocide. It's about Native right. American. Yeah. I wasn't asking you like I didn't know. I just wanted you to. <laughs> and then it, it, it like broke them in America and everywhere. And then after right. this song, they became they weren't like this British band anymore. They were. Right, worldwide. Oh yeah. So when they also when they released that single, the cover art featured a Native American with an axe wrestling the devil. Of course, uh, the devil in hell. Yeah. So um, considering the lyrics, this caused some controversy, as many interpreted this to mean the band was suggesting that the imperialistic whites were devils. It's like duh. They didn't already have enough controversy. (laughs) This is probably the first political Iron Maiden song. Steve Harris will deny. Spanish were totally. Spanish were bastards. But I mean, if you look at the lyrics, like it's totally the first half of the song is from the perspective of the native the white, yeah the white man came and across the, the second sea. is the, the the perspective of the from white the, man yep. right right which is sophisticated for them it's like really yeah. sophisticated <laughs> yeah and like this it's wasn't great. like a big topic in 1982 no, no. but I think it was still uh, Ted a Nugent sang statement. about it with the uh, great white buffalo <laughs> <laughs> he wow. did. He did that song, "Great White Buffalo." I'm sorry. Yeah, he did. Who he knows did. that song? I, I know I that know song. That. The Great yeah. White really? Buffalo, baby. Yeah. Um, I think that was actually an Amboy Dukes holdover. Yeah, he too. killed our tribe. He killed our creed. He took our game for his own need. We fought him hard. We fought him well. Out on the plains, we gave him hell. But many came too much for Cree. So right. talking about the Cree, that's the tribe, yes, right? Yes, right. Exactly. Canadian. Yeah. Oh, will we ever be set free? Um, Soldier blue in the barren wastes, hunting and killing their game, raping the women and wasting the men. The only good engines are tame. Right, so now this is from the view of the... Uh, yeah. yeah. The, uh, well, this is more the omniscient white devils. view. The, sort of. Yeah. This verse is more like the overhead view, the, uh, selling them whiskey and taking their gold, enslaving the young Oh, just someone the observing the whole the, the right. Michigan so going on. Probably some Jewish guys. Was, yeah. <laughs> For people who don't know, that's a word of Yiddish. Sorry, that was your Yiddish word of the day, Mishigas. It was. Um, but anyway, it's an awesome. It's just an awesome song. It has a great. Has that great like the bass player. It does. He, yeah. He's an amazing bass player. Oh, he right? is. He's he incredible. really is. He's incredible. Yeah. He's not like you know Jaco Pastorius type, but he's like the oh, rock and roll. What has Jaco Pastorius done he's like lately? The like one of the most like you know <laughs> great rock and roll bass players. He is. He really is, and he's still doing it, right? They're still, they're, they're. Oh yeah, still he's torn like, still, and is, still rocking yep, it out. Yeah. Do you think it's still his real hair, or is it a wig at this point? Jeez. Steve Harris? Yeah. No, it's totally his real hair. Oh, have you I have a funny it? Steve Harris story. You want to hear Steve yeah, of course. Story? Why would we not? So, That's why we brought you. Uh, here. When Bruce Dickinson had left the band, he was out of the band for like almost a decade. Hey, Tony, your bus back. just left. Sorry, dude. Oh, <laughs> so. Um, Bruce Dickinson came back in the band and they announced this tour and I, I don't know if Nico had been living here yet but they had no Florida dates so I was like I have to go see this now and right. I was doing this road trip and it was you know Steelers fans so it involved going to see a Steelers game blah 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 and they were playing in Pittsburgh <laughs> hey, <laughs> Steelers Steelers fans go, once again Steelers. let's go give me your, give me a Pennsylvania and all that so anyway 
so I go to the show and I that it was like a whole road trip and I was only staying in KOA campgrounds. And right. so I've now been like a whole week staying at different KOA campgrounds. Sounds horrible, Niagara by Falls. the way. No, it's very fun. Right, it's, yeah, it's totally stress-free. <laughs> and, you know, so I get to the campground in Pittsburgh where the Iron Maiden show was. Right. And I thought, got to like set up camp, everything, so that after the show, it just fucking crashed in the tent. So I'm, I'm there and I'm waiting for my girlfriend at the time who's like going to the bathroom. And I see this like skinny guy with long hair and tattoos going to the garbage dumpster and he dumps something and I was like wow damn I've been in KOAs like all week I've never seen anybody that like look like that and then my girlfriend comes in the car and I tell her and she says what if it's like one of the guys from Iron Maiden I said it did kind of look like Steve Harris but there's no fucking way he would be at a KOA staying in a KOA, <laughs> KOA okay you're not gonna let hey, it yo, you're, yeah, not, boo -boo. you're not gonna be able to let it go until you confirm it's not him okay let me go confirm it's not him so I drive around and all of a sudden, like, I see a Winnebago and I see a soccer ball. And I'm like, oh, my fucking God, it's Steve Aaron. Wow. I'm like, what do you mean? There's a soccer ball. Like, so? Like, it's fucking trust English, me. right. <laughs> British, English, guy, yeah. So I get out. And there's Steve Harris standing by my tent with his little kid. And his kid's holding a soccer ball. And I jump out of the car. And I'm like, Steve Harris. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, oh. doing the devil horns. I'm like, I'm going to go fucking see you tonight. <laughs> and did he, did he mean No, he just called the police. At me and then his kid looked at me. And then I got back in the car and I drove to the show. Oh, that's and awesome. And then I came back afterwards and I thought, well, for sure, there's going to be like an after party with the whole band. No, it was totally quiet. Totally did. And then the next day, um, I thought, well, if, he's, if it looks like I can kind of talk to him. And I did or whatever. But um, he was really, really nice. He came up to me. He didn't want me to go near his family. <laughs> and then yeah, I, a lot that. of people don't they love Tony but they don't necessarily want him to go near their family. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> it's a long story, but that's that's the gist awesome. Of it. That's keep your distance. And that's what Carl. he does. He like tours like in a Winnebago with his family and they go to theme does parks he really? and ride roller coasters. And I was thinking like the whole fucking band's gonna be partying here. No, it was, no, it was just him was with just his, his family. family. Yeah. yeah. He probably didn't want the rest of the band to go near his family yeah, probably not. Not. think about yeah. it. <laughs> All right, that's awesome, though. All right, so we get to uh, the third song on the second side, Gangland. And this is another song that's much maligned by a lot of fans, I noticed. Yes. Well, actually, uh, well, Gangland. Yeah. There's a, I'm going to malign it briefly because um, there's a Motorhead song that um, called Dead Men Tell No Tales that definitely came out before this. I think it's on Bomber. It's on a Bomber record. So when I, okay. when I heard the chorus, like I was that. like... Uh, wait a second. So that was my maligning of this. I thought too. that like the guitar riff, especially the guitar riff, especially coming out of the chorus. Uh, I was like, where have I heard this before? And yeah, it's like, something it's very like, familiar. Let there be rock. It's easy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's very. Yeah, it's kind of has a different feel than the other songs on the it record. Does. Right? It does. has. A, I think it has a really, really good chorus. And this one may be the one the drums. The Thin Lizzy thing is in on this one, I, I believe, as by the well. Time, yeah, by the time it gets to the middle break, I, I kind of like it more. A right, little more yeah, of that part, yeah. that middle part. The beginning, the drums were like... And they actually gave the drummer writing credit because they thought his drum part was such a big part of the song. Well, All right, never okay. give, you should never no. give drummers and writing credit. And this is credits. the <laughs> other song that has never... <laughs> with the middle finger. <laughs> it has never been played live. Red card. Oh, this is another one that they never... All right, so the two songs, the Malign songs, Invaders and Gangland. They never played right. live. And actually, this is the first song they recorded. When they started recording this album, this is the first song they recorded. Oh, okay, because okay. they thought it was going to be the B-side to Run to the Hills. Mm. Oh, and then and what did they, they actually... And there's a song called Total Eclipse, which I don't know if you guys heard. But no. song yeah, Klaus Total Nomai. And so <laughs> they decided to put Laura Total... Brannigan, is that a Laura Brannigan song? No. <laughs> oh, Total Eclipse <laughs> of the Heart. Of the Heart. So they went with Total Eclipse as the B-side, and they put this on the album. 
Eclipse. Okay, okay. And they've played Total Eclipse live. They haven't played this. They've never played this. All yeah. right, so it's not. It's a song about you know mafia stuff, bad yeah. stuff, bad things that happen. Yeah. Um, contract murder. Um, <laughs> it's not my favorite song on the record. No, no, no. It's no. But it does but have a good chorus. Then we get a really to, good solo. Yeah, it does. Yes. Th- then we get to the epic, yes. the, the epic on the record. Hallowed be thy yes. name. Right. Yes. Uh, epic tale of like a man on a death row is about to be executed. Right from his perspective. Yeah. Um, oh, and this song is awesome. And there's like there's. Um, Pretty much three songs that if you go to any Iron Maiden show, you're gonna there, hear there are three songs they're going to do. Number of the Beast, uh, Iron Maiden, the song Iron Maiden, right, and this one, Hollow Be, Hallow thy, be name. thy Name. Uh, it's a guy, he's you know been sentenced to death and he's going to go to the gallows and to the gallows pole. Right. right. Five o'clock they take me to the gallows pole. The sands of time for me are running low. Running yep. low. <laughs> right. That's another crowd, you know. Uh, and it can't again. It can't be overstated how much Metallica lifted from Iron Maiden. It right? seems, seems that way. Yes, yeah. it, it seems that way. Every, and this song has everything you'd ever want from a metal band. It, it, yeah. you know, and it's got that that outro part, that like two minute outro, uh, yeah. instrumental outro is like. It's, and it's James awesome. yeah. James Hetfield is the fascist of Metallica. I he think. is. He's he, the Hitler yeah. of Metallica. It's he funny because this song, like Liz, my girlfriend Liz, she. Was all about this. Do you know that Hitler was, like, was the Hitler of Hitler? And she <laughs> played me this like skate video from '96. You know, like skate videos were a big. Thing. Oh, that used this as a soundtrack. People. They had this song in there. It was oh, called nice, Welcome to nice. Hell. And it's, you know, usually there's like Dead Kennedys and there's like all this like punk stuff. That right. You and they had this song. And it was like Hollow Be the Name. All well, right. These guys, I feel like these guys were their precursor to thrash, really, right? Because a lot yeah, of thrash music yeah, yeah, after yeah. I the mean, speed, but the, the intensity. They, yeah. But musically, it's not. That's the thing. It's not heavy like Sabbath. It's there's a lightness to the attack and the approach that um, is makes sets them apart. Yeah. It's almost like there's crash a, rush. There, yeah, there's, there's, a there's, fast, I, there's a little bit of rush in here. There is yeah. that prog yeah. thing, but there's that real fast, like driving kind of like urgency thing. There that, is. That yeah, didn't yeah, sure. Exist in Black Sabbath. No, there's not. You're right. Stuff. That's yeah. right. All right. Yeah, so I agree. For this song, apparently Metallica weren't the only ones borrowing things because several of lines in this song were lifted from the British prog band uh, Beckett's. Did you see this? There's a band yes. called Beckett's. And actually, yes. Steve Harris was a big fan of them. Yes. And the line, he took a line from the song Rainbow's Gold. Yes. And then Iron Maiden covered that song and put it on the B-side. Oh, so they okay. get some, they, they get some, because they get a so, little publishing. Beckett gets a little money from Iron Maiden. Well, yeah. Life Shadow, this song. I've never even heard of right. Beckett. No, well, there was a song, Life Shadow, where he actually, Steve Harris admits he took, he took lyrics from it, and he initially put the lyrics as a placeholder. And you know when you put lyrics as a placeholder, and sure. you're going to change them, but they didn't have time because they had to release the record, so they kept the record he did. Yeah. So the, after the band retired, their manager filed a lawsuit, and they had to pay them about $100,000. was paid by Iron Maiden out of court for the song Life Shadow. Oh but, by the way, I looked up Life Shadow. It is no, uh, no, it is no Hallowed Be Thy Name. <laughs> but there's a song called Rainbow's Gold, the song that Iron Maiden covered. Uh, so Iron Maiden, the Iron Maiden lyric is, uh, catch your soul, he's willing to fly away. 
And in the rain, in the Rainbow's Gold song by Beckett, it's Catch My Soul because it's willing to fly. Ah, uh, yeah. Right, right. So, it was close enough. It just shows everyone, bar- people borrow from everyone. You know, like yeah. I said, there was definitely some Blue Oyster Cult stuff in there and everything. Definitely, so, yes. Definitely. Now that now that you mention it. Right. Humbert sounds like Weezer have mostly, so everyone borrows from everyone. Pinkerton, Pinkerton. <laughs> um, yeah. we, hit, we hit that uncomfortable silence part. We did. We're... I love Humbert. They're like you're like my favorite band, and eventually, if we are, yeah, if we do another local uh, record, we're gonna do Plant the Trees closer together. Oh, man. we just gotta get a good guest for it. You know. Um, all right, so this is the end of the record. Uh, it is the number of the beast. None of us uh, became Satan worshippers listening no. to this. We just did a bunch. That would have happened long Speak before for yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is um, like I feel like at this point you could you should share this record with your mom. Maybe she'd like it. She would yeah. not like it. She would not <laughs> like yeah. it. Okay, all right. Maybe not. that's not a good idea. I do want to say though, like if anyone, whether you're an Iron Maiden fan or not, you should read the book What Does This Button Do? Including you guys. Yeah. Bruce Dickinson wrote a book and it's his life story. Oh really? It's called What Does This Button Do? Because you know, like Bruce after I read that book, of course I wanted to meet him because he was Bruce Dickinson of Iron Maiden. Right, but right. But he's a, book, he's a really awesome I like really interesting guy, right? He's a I know totally he, interesting guy. And he's fences, like, he's I like feel a like fencer. he's one of those good people. Like you are never gonna hear some story where he was like doing some stupid right. shit that, you know, people yeah. are gonna hate him for. And like he was like top ten like fencing like he represented right right he represented his country like in fencing and and he's a pilot and then too he's a he, fucking pilot he flies he the band oh yeah I remember in a that seven forty seven I remember that yeah who does that yeah, nobody well, Bruce yeah. Buckingham not even Justin Bieber right, not so even Charlie all... Pickett did that. what's the name what's the name of that book anyone what here would anyone do? here who would what be willing to get in an aircraft piloted by Charlie Pickett raise your hand <laughs> not seeing a lot of response. It was <laughs> all right. So besides that, flight was sparsely attended. What else do you want to plug, Tony? Uh, Dig under rock. What did what did Dig we find? Rock. Dig under rock. Uh, uh, you can go um, the website digunderrock.com is sort of going through a, a reconstruction phase, like but only becoming full on. Yes. But you're on right uh, you're on Insta, right? Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, Dig yeah, Under Rock, and, and it mostly plugs like local South Florida shows and bands and, and or any you know national. Humbert. Iron Maiden coming to town. Humbert's here. basically been playing the same six or seven songs yes. now for 20 years, but they're we really, might have really a new, great yeah, We might have a new release coming out. I oh, you guys are heard. doing... By the way, we didn't mention the most... You, you played in Humbert, you played in I Don't Know, but the most your, your most storied achievement is you played a couple of gigs with the Holy Terrors. <laughs> That's what basically puts you on the map. <laughs> okay, for those who don't know who the Holy Terrors is, that's Rob's. You think the people listening to this don't know who the Holy yeah, Terrors are by now? Not, though, if you Please. haven't, though, you re- you should listen to it. I don't uh, know if anyone has plugged, like, really said how amazing the Holy Terrors and uh, Shark Valley Sisters uh, were on this you. show. But yep, that's you know, true. When you're in I London agree. again, maybe we'll do like I'll do Lolitaville with Izo and Fernie mm-hmm. and a bunch of other cast of characters and Barry, and then you'll find out about it. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you, Tony. Nice. Thank you so much for being a guest. We knew you'd be an awesome guest. An, an awesome have. and knowledgeable guest. Yes, and you did not disappoint. Of course, me and Barry, we always disappoint. Always. But we come back every week, whether That's you right. like us or not. Let's hear it for Tony Landa. Let's hear it for Laser Wolf and our awesome host, Chris. Thank you all for coming. Next week we have a special. We're not even. Get, we, can't we can't tell you we can't, we're what gonna, record we can't we're doing or who our special guest is. Because, uh, it's, but it's, you just fucking wait. Because it'll either be who we're thinking about, well, it and it's gonna be, be awesome. Be and else. you're gonna be like, <laughs> man, why wouldn't they say anything about that? I don't know. It didn't seem that special to me. All right. Once again, <laughs> from that record, got me high. That is Barry Stock. 
That is Rob Elba. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you. We're out. We're out. Big applause. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.